We've made it. We have reached the final QB list waiver wire podcast of the season and the first ever week 18 episode of the waiver wire fantasy football podcast on the QB list. I'm I'm Callan joined by AJ. Thank you to AJ for taking the reins last week in a solo podcast. It probably felt better for the listeners to not hear my voice at the start of the show. So thank you for filling in for me on that last minute change. But congratulations to all of you who are in your championships and who may have recovered for week 17. But if you won a week 17 championship, why are you listening to the show? It's over. Congrats. But for many of you, you're still playing. You're still in a week 18 championship. And there is a lot of question marks up in the air. So we're going to do our best to try and dissect it, give you the best advice we can. But as you probably know, week 18 is going to be very unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. So AJ, welcome in. Hopefully... Did you did you get any championships here? Let's start off and get the monkey out. How did you do in your championship matchups? If there were well, you know, we're not here to talk about me. Let's just <laughs> move on. Uh no, I and I was an I was an Ofer this year, had um and, and, and felt really good heading into the playoffs. But um, you know, anybody who had Tyreek Hill or Jonathan Taylor in week fifteen, you know, you're you're probably right there with me. So um and it, and if you did win. Uh, in week 17 i don't blame you because when i win i go and consume more fantasy football content and just bask in my own glory and all the decisions that i made that 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 worked out so welcome back champions uh this is kind of like your victory lap so just listen and, and pity us who did not win yes i did take home one championship this year i won my qb list staff league so i will be moving Woo! up in our in our regulation i forget exactly which league is ahead of mine but I took home the crown in that, so I'm very Ooh. proud of that one. Other leagues, we don't need to talk about those, but the QB list staff league, it's a good little title. It's one of the leagues I was a little more proud of this year, so there we go. happy to get that. So on the show, as we mentioned, we're going to do our best to get you through week 18, try and give you some names to keep an eye on, but AJ, I think you want to start off with this. What is your general advice for a week 18, though? We never had it. And you're, if you play in the final week of the season when things are very unpredictable, how do you approach the wire what do you recommend our listeners to do generally yeah if, if you if your league is really hardcore or if you're uh uh maybe your commissioner just wasn't very good with the league settings but you're here now and you got to play week 18 um really uh, you know at, at this point you know again it's uh when you're looking at players on the on the waiver wire you know it, it's it's a similar strategy except that you you have to look at uh, some of the best teams and really pay attention to some of the reports coming out and really, I mean, play, uh, you know, treasure hunter with, with what's coach speak and what's actually happening because, you know, obviously um, you know, the, the green Bay Packers is probably the best example. You know, they've already clinched uh, the, their entire conference. And so there's not a whole lot of incentive for players like Aaron Rodgers even, or Devonta Adams, or even guys like Marquez Valdez scaling or Alan Lazard to play the full 60 minutes, even if they do play. So, um, so what I'm doing when I'm looking at, at teams like this, I, I actually do have one eye on the playoff picture and say, okay, who needs to win? And I know that they're going to be playing their starters. So I'm going to prioritize those players a little bit over, you know, players who maybe, you know, they've clinched, but they can't really move around. Uh, you know, m- maybe they can't get home field advantage or maybe it, it's such a small likelihood for them too. So, you know, I'm looking at teams like the Packers or even Bengals, the Bucks, the Cowboys, players, uh, teams like that, that may not have as much incentive as others and kind of looking at that because, 
you know, you might get right to game time and Devonta Adams or Aaron Jones is declared inactive because they're just going to rest him. Or even if they're not, you know, I would, I would even be pivoting away from some of those, um, you know, kind of more borderline starters, those flex plays, some of those boomer bust guys, um, and not wanting to take the risk on that in case they don't play, uh, you know, in case their whole offense is on really limited snaps, almost like a preseason game. I think what you said right off the bat is listen to the coaches. Yes, there's going to be coach speak. You're going to really have to play detective, try and dissect things. But things are going to change at a drop of a hat. You're not going to find out in a lot of cases until possibly Sunday morning whether a team's going to be starting their backups, whether playing someone in the half. So you really want to listen and try and figure things out, look through some past trends about whether some head coaches have used their starters, etc. It's tough. You know, we can't give you a full picture of it, but we're going to do our best right now to go through some of the names that are worth out that, that are out there that are worth looking into. And we'll start as always with the running back position. AJ, give me two, three, one, two, three, something like that. Running backs that you would prioritize in this mess of a week 18. Yeah. The, you know, the, the first place I'm going to look is, uh, you know, uh, assuming that that both of these players can clear COVID protocols, I'm gonna look at Philadelphia with Boston Scott. Recently, he has come on, and and in week 17, he was the man. Uh, with Jordan Howard, you know, w- with his availability also in question, you know, certainly he would take a little bit of that workload. But um, I like Boston Scott and, and as a as a good flex option, if he can clear protocols, um, you know, now that the NFL has relaxed those a little bit, he, he has a better chance of suiting up um, on uh, or for week 18, he's only 31% rostered still, which um, is a little surprising to me, but um, besides, besides Boston Scott, it, if, um, if we want to stay away from that, or if he, if he's not available in your league, I actually really like Jarrett Patterson uh, from Washington as a play with Antonio Gibson, you know, possibly getting shut down, not a whole lot to play for. They're playing against the Jets. Um, he looked fantastic in week 17, and you know, I think they probably want to trot him out there and, and see, see what he's doing. So he, uh, he, he, went, he had 12 attempts for 57 yards and a touchdown. Really solid week, so um, I wouldn't mind plugging him in if Antonio Gibson is ruled out, which I think he will be. There's no reason for Washington to play at this point. They're out. They can't get in the playoff spot. So I do agree that they would likely sit Antonio Gibson. I think Patterson would be a great play. I would agree with the Philadelphia situation, but you got to keep a close eye on it because of the COVID rules and because Philadelphia has been a murky mess for backfields. One other name that I think is worth mentioning, and maybe it's two, just it's the Tampa Bay backfield situation. You have Ronald Jones, who just left with an injury. Tampa Bay has a playoff spot locked up, but they're still battling between who's the two, who's the three seed. So does that mean they're going to play their starters? That's one to really keep an eye on because obviously the lead back in a high-powered Tampa Bay offense is great. Who that's going to be? I don't know. It could be Keyshawn Vaughn, but they could. He also was injured. I, I don't recall off the top of my head what the injury is, but he's dealing with something, so they may sit him. And that may leave the only healthy back in that backfield is Le'Veon Bell. And we've heard all early mm-hmm. in the season what it's like relying on potentially Le'Veon Bell. So monitor that situation very closely. Obviously, you want the lead back in anywhere. So if there is one clear lead back in Tampa Bay, it's worth picking up. But with injuries and Le'Veon Bellness, and who knows who they're even going to start because they don't have as much to play for as other teams. 
it's a murky situation, but it's a name that's at least worth mentioning. Do you have any interest in that? Or is it kind of the same mindset for you? Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. So Keyshawn Vaughn has, uh, you know, he seems to have kind of that bruised ribs injury, which a lot of uh, quarterbacks and running backs have had, and they can play through. It's really, uh, you know, when you get to the Buccaneers, having just lost Antonio Brown in, uh, we'll just say unique circumstances, because uh, I'm sure everybody has already seen the clips and all the photos of that. Um, the <laughs> get well soon, Antonio Brown. Um, but the, um, the the big question for the Bucks is really just, you know, is their health? And, you know, do they want to try to have as healthy of a team as they can heading into the playoffs because they're a little bit more shallow? But I think it is something that Keyshawn Vaughn could play through. Um, I'm, I would love to avoid playing Le'Veon Bell at all costs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, you know, getting getting that getting that higher seed, potentially having, um, you know, having home field advantage, um, you know, at certain points of the playoff, you know, I know that uh, Tampa Bay would definitely love that. So, I, yeah, I, I don't have any problem looking that way. It, again, it's just seeing, you know, who who's available. It could just be an opportunity, you know, volume wins out type thing. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not excited about Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, I, I mean, you've had the stones to, to do that for championship week. I mean, you made the championship, so go for it. It's the pl- it's week 18. Sometimes there are worse plays, but it's a mess. But we'll see what you can do in that backfield. We'll move over to the wide receiver position where there are some actually intriguing names that in a normal week I would have some interest in. There's two that you had mentioned before the show that you really wanted to get into. So let's see your two or three biggest wide receiver ads for this week in the, for week 18. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, Braxton Berrios, I mean... You know he's he's still only seven percent rostered and has put has put in three straight double digit uh, uh, weeks in half PPR and PPR obviously, um, including on uh, getting twelve targets in in week seventeen. So um, for whatever reason, you know he is getting this uh, this kind of connection um, throughout the end, throughout the end of the season. Obviously with um, with Jameson Crowder out and out, you know, there's no more Corey Davis and Elijah Moore is on injured reserve. Uh, Barrios just seems like he's going to, he's going to keep getting his targets. Um, the, the one, the one knock on that is that Buffalo is, is up. Have been really stingy at times, especially against weak offenses. So, um, and they want to win because if they win, they clinch their division. So that, that's the one big question mark there, but I do think that Barrios, uh, could, could be a good play there and, you know, certainly has plenty of upside. Um, the other, the other player that I have is Cedric Wilson in Dallas. Um, again, you know, Michael Gallup just went out and Cedric Wilson filled right in for him, had a big week, 17, um, catching six of six targets for 35 yards and a score. And he converted a two point conversion. So, um, I like Cedric Wilson as a fill in there, you know, again, um, I think this could also be a situation where, you know, maybe we don't see as much of CD lamb or Amari Cooper or, um, you know, uh, some of the some of the top tier starters for for Dallas, and we get a little bit more play from Cedric Wilson um, as you know they're trying to maybe tune him up for the playoff run. Yeah, I I really do like the Cedric Wilson call. Like you said Dallas could see, sit C. Lamb, sit Amari Cooper, or play them for a half, etc. They don't have as much to play with. I believe it's just a little bit of seating. They have their division locked up, so they may not be as motivated to win as some of the other options. Another name that I want to throw out there. 
is Zay Jones. He's been way, way very, he's been playing in Vegas. He's sort of become the top target there. The past three weeks, he's had uh, between nine to eight to ten targets in three straight weeks for between fifty to hundred yards each week. He hasn't scored a touchdown, but he is in a winner go home situation with the Raiders against Chargers. The Raiders are going to be trying their butts off to win on Sunday night, and that makes for a great situation. You have a team who's really clearing to win. He's the clear number one. And he's widely available. He was a former first-round pick. So I'm very interested in Zay Jones. I think that if, he, if I was in a normal week and this wasn't a, as confusing as Week 18, I would be prioritizing Zay Jones. I have a lot of interest in him. And one other name I real quickly will mention that's been kind of talked about at times is Laquan Treadwell. He's had this kind of similar situation, five to five or more, more targets in each since Week 12 and every single week. It's a it's a good matchup, and the Jaguars. It's a murky situation, but he has continued to be involved even without uh, Urban Meyer at the helm. They're still using him, so I think you could do worse in a desperation play than Laquan Treadwell. Any other names that are worth mentioning? Or I think we kind of covered it. Well, all right, all right. So, so what do you think? Would you would you go with Zay Jones or Marquez Callaway? I'll go with Zay Jones. I, I wow. just think that okay. the way he's been playing, I, I trust that a bit more than I do with Taysom. I tr- trust Derek Carr and what he's playing more than I trust Taysom Hill to get Callaway the ball. So right. I, right. I do like what Callaway's uh, done, and he is a playing Atlanta, which has been something we've said many times. Yeah, so Callaway's another right. name that's worth wrapping it up with. All right, Zay Jones or Alan Lazard? Zay Jones. Same thing with Green Bay. I, I don't. I could see them They'll probably play Lazard, but will they run it? Jordan Love? I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. take Zay Jones. Yeah, I, I'm, I could see that. I could see that. Um, Zay Jones or any of the backup Tampa Bay wide receivers? Zay Jones, I don't know who the heck is going to be the top <laughs> Tampa Bay receiver. And I, I guess I'll ask you, since you mentioned it, is there any Tampa receiver you're interested in, or is it the same thing? You don't know who's going to be the guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I would, I would go with with some of these uh, players that that I think are going to get more guaranteed targets. I, I don't even know if it's going to be Tom Brady throwing later in the later in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not going to put a put a risk on um, you know maybe maybe it's Tyler Johnson this week or um, or who who was it? <laughs> I don't even remember the guy's name. I have to look up the Bucks depth chart like surreal. Yeah. Watson or something yeah it's uh, something like that I saw the touchdown and I literally did a double take on my phone when looking through the box score like wait, who, who is this a Tyler Johnson week so yeah I, I'm not touching that like you said yeah. Brady uh, might apologies not to you apologies Cyril Grayson um sorry I did not know who you were before last week and apparently I still don't so but congratulations <laughs> great catch hey you're living a great life you're playing wide receiver you got a touchdown from Tom Brady you're doing Better than we are hosting a week 18 waiver wire podcast. Hey, so hey no. we'll take that. I know. I know. So, real quick, as we always do, we'll go to the streamers at different positions. We'll start at the tight end. There's pr- maybe one or two names that are worth briefly mentioning. Is there a top a tight end you'd prioritize, or is tight end even murkier than ever right now? <laughs> tight end just is what it is. You know, it's um, you know, I I, I think you've got kind of your, your usual suspects here. Um, there, there's a decent chance that Darren Waller comes back. So that, that obviously would just completely eliminate Foster Moreau from consideration. He had a bad week 17, but again, they are in kind of a, you know, uh, you know, 
they the Raiders still have a chance to make the playoffs with a win in week 18. So there's definitely incentive there. So, um, you know, if, if Darren Waller's out, then I like uh, Foster Moreau, but if he's back in, then no. And then you've got kind of your usual suspects, you know, your Tyler Conklin's, your Evan Ingram's, uh, your Cole Komet's, um, and all, uh, you know, all those players that honestly, it's just, you know, close your eyes and pick one and who knows what you'll get. Yeah. Have fun with that. I would say for the tight end position, stay tuned to the waiver wire article and feel free before we move on their position, hit us up on Twitter. We have the Reddit start sit threads. We have Twitter columns or Twitter articles and our replies are always open. Ask specific league questions. If you have any starts to questions, if you have any waiver wire priority pickups, if you have, if you're trying to make these determinations, feel free to reach out to anybody. And the best way could be through Twitter, some sort of Reddit article, which we do have our start sit thread. And as we always mentioned, the QPL plus discord, you go on to pitcherlist.com and get PL plus. If you would like access to the staff at any time, and anyone in the staff, we're all in this Discord. We love talking football. We love helping people out there start set decisions, and they're more pressing than ever in the playoff time. So it's been a lot of fun at this time. So feel free to reach out to us on that if you're interested, and you can talk sports with us as much as you like. So move over to the quarterback position and give one or two streamers. Again, we don't know who's going to be starting for some of these teams. Some of these teams have it locked up, but other teams are going to be playing for a lot. I believe I have an idea of who your number one may be, but before I say it, I just want to know for sure who is your who do you prioritize for a quarterback streamer this week? Well, he just dropped down to forty six percent rostered, so I'm going back to Taysom Hill against Atlanta. Um, okay. I mean that if if you just want that absolute, um, you know, I mean we've talked plenty about Taysom Hill, so you know the rushing upside is there. Um, he's playing against Atlanta. And I don't really see any reason why they wouldn't play him. So um, as long as he's healthy and good to go, then, um, you know, Taysom Hill is just a lock. Yeah, Saints are one of those teams who are in a situation where they need to win. They need a win in a 49er loss, and they can still be a playoff team. We may be seeing Taysom right. Hill start a, play, a playoff football game, which I didn't think I'd say. So I love the matchup. We've attacked it all year. Why stop in Week 18? So Taysom Hill is definitely up there. I didn't even realize he dropped under the 50%. But yeah. my my guy who I'll mention is Trey Lance, another team. They need to win. He's got the rushing floor. It's a tough matchup mm-hmm. with the Rams, but again, you try and chase that. He's more than likely going to be starting. I know Kyle Shanahan has said they're going to keep an eye on Garoppolo and the finger. I'm not really buying that. I do think Trey Lance will be starting this week for the Niners. So if he's still available and you're in need for a quarterback because either you've been streaming all year or your starter is going to be sitting some games, Keep an eye I guess while we're on the topic, do you have one or two quarterbacks in mind who you expect? I know we talk about the Packers who will likely be sitting. I do expect Rodgers to sit. Are there any other quarterbacks that you should monitor if you have for week 18 that you should have a backup plan in case in case they sit their guy or take him out at halftime? You know, with um, I mean, you know, as much as I hate to say it, you know, um, the the Bengals. You know they've clinched their division. They're um, they're they're playing somewhat for seeding. I think that you know they need a they need a Titans loss to jump. Um, but you know I, th- I think with uh, both the Titans and with with the Bengals, if they're ahead or if or if some of the other games are working out in their favor, we could see you know Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill play half a game. Um, you know. M- 
it, it, it's a it, quarterbacks will tend to play a little bit longer. And a lot of these guys don't necessarily like to sit, but to, uh, again, Tom Brady's another one of those names mm-hmm. out there that, you know, just depending on how the game is going, um, you know, if uh, the bucks go as Tom Brady goes. So I know they definitely want him healthy. Um, also with the, within the tight ends, you know, I wouldn't expect a lot of snaps from Rob Gronkowski in, in week mm-hmm. 18. So those are the kind of players you want to watch out for some of the more seasoned veterans, um, you know, and especially, you know, teams that are, that are maybe a little bit more favored if they do get ahead um, or if they don't necessarily need a win, then, you know, you could definitely see them um, see, see them taking a, taking a half off or at least a quarter off. And that's um, that can really hit some of that upside. Yeah. And I'll throw Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott out there as well. The Rams are playing for, are they still playing for the division or do they lock that up? I can't remember. They are still, they have not locked that up. Yeah, so they're they're still never mind. Stafford out. But if, um, but you know, I mean, Sean McVay will not hesitate to pull starters if he believes that the play mm-hmm. playtime doesn't matter. All you have to do is really look at kind of his uh, methodology or his approach to like preseason games. If 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 it's if it doesn't count, then he's not going to risk it. So, um, yeah. it, th- I think they would have to be up and and what. Um, so if, if they win, then th- then they get the division, but um, they don't have it clinched just yet. Okay, so yeah, he, they're at least worth monitoring. They also are playing the Niners, who have to win and get in. So maybe there's yeah. part of that that wants to spoil their division rival from getting in. Oh, the yeah. I don't know, but it's worth monitoring for him. And Dak Prescott, same thing we talked about the Cowboys earlier. They're in. They're kind of playing for seeding, but there's not too many places they can move up. So maybe they take it easy on Prescott, who has been battling injury, came back from injury last year, and has been a little slumpy up to this for the past few weeks, but he's starting to look more like himself. So maybe they get him some rest prior to the playoffs. So that's going to do it for the quarterbacks. We'll transition to one last time to the defense. It's tough. And it may be something we look into. We have a streaming defense column. It's something you look out for with coach speak. Once you know who's going to be sitting, but do you have a defense or two in mind that you want to throw out there? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, um, I I I think you know just just matchups here and just recent play. Um, I, I, Tennessee still is is, is trying to uh, I think play for play for seeding there, um, with you know the, the Colts kind of coming on strong and with um, with, with the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals just have one uh, are just one game behind them kind of in the overall conference. So Tennessee is playing Houston. Um, they just came off a a, a strong performance with a. Um, you know, with, with multiple takeaways against Miami. So, um, so I really like Tennessee there, um, especially because they, they still have something to play for. They're 42% rostered. Um, and you know, that's, um, I mean, the, uh, the only other defense that I would say, and this is a little bit of a risk, but I think that they could step up is, um, is Baltimore's defense against Pittsburgh. And that's really, uh, you know, uh, Callan, I know that you're a Steelers fan. So congrats on your win tonight. Steelers just locked it up for big Ben's possibly last home game. Um, But the offense is still ready, ready to give the ball up. Um, So I, I think Baltimore could be, uh, could be a a good play as well. Home against Pittsburgh for the final game of the season. I'll throw two more out there. The bears take on the Vikings. It could be Kirk cousins, but we saw on Sunday night, Sean Mannion is starting or even they go to Kellen Mond. I would love to face anyone. They just dominated the, Terrible Giants offense, and it's not going to be much better against the Vikings with Manning or Monner Center. So 
go with that. And I would look into the Kansas City Chiefs as well. They're playing for the top seed in that conference, and they're facing Drew Locke. Need I say much more? So well, those great. are two more defenses yeah. that are worth it. And feel free to look into the waiver.com and our streaming defenses column, which will give you some of these more names. And as always, reach back out to us. That's going to do it. As we said, feel free to ask us any specific questions on Twitter, Discord, Reddit, however you feel like getting in contact with us. But to wrap up the show, we wanted to kind of take a look back. We've had a long 18-week season. It's been grind. It's been a long grind. It's the longest we've ever had to talk about fantasy football. But we want to look back at some of the calls we've made, see where we look right, went right, where we went wrong, and kind of just reflect on what a crazy ride 2018 or 2018, 2021 <laughs> has been. Now that week 18, I mix them week up. 18. 20, 2021 season and the 18 weeks of football have been. So we'll start off with just our biggest hit. Who was the player that you recommended you pick up or that you picked up in your league prior to the hype, prior to everybody else? Who is your which recommendation are you most proud of this season? Uh, you know, the, the the one that felt the best, I think, was actually one of the more recent ones with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I, I was a. I was just addicted to his name. I mean, when, when you have the sun God coming to Detroit, I mean, it's just could two things be any more opposite? Um, the, uh, the, the fact that he has come good at the most important time in the season, um, you know, we were on him, I think, you know, we've been on him for almost like five or six weeks now, I think looking back at our podcast. So, um, I feel good about that one because I feel like, you know, he started out as a little bit of a dart throw and now, you know, he's, he's winning, he's winning fantasy league. So, um, I, I, I'm, that's, that's one of my more late season ones, um, early season, you know, I mean, maybe the early season hero of all, uh, fantasy football was, was Atlanta's own Cordero uh, Patterson. So loved that pickup. Um, I feel like all of us Atlanta fans were on it a little bit early. <laughs> so I had him in a couple of leagues, uh, when everybody was like, who is that? Is that the kick returner yeah. guy? Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, so it kind of tale of two halves for the season, but the, those were two. Those were two uh, ones that make uh, that make waivers worth doing. Yeah, and I'll even give you more props for Atlanta. Some of your recommendation for Russell Gage has proved big time. I picked him up right before he went on that little hot streak. He's cooled down a little bit, but when he had that hot streak in the late teen weeks or prior to the fantasy playoffs, he could have gotten a lot of people to their fantasy playoffs. So that was one of my favorite waiver picks up to help me out in some of my leagues. And also KJ Osborne was one that yeah. I picked up that really benefited me early on and I'll give love to our darling from the season, Tim Patrick. We recommended him so many times and it was hit or miss. It was great. And some of our times we recommended him. It was great. And some of the times we went off him, it turned out bad for us. So he was our biggest roller coaster. Is there anyone else you can think of that fits that bit of bill that bit of, we kept recommending him, but it was such a turmoil that we just kept, couldn't go back. Well, our number, our number one most often recommended player which it won't surprise you it came from the tight ends was Evan Ingram. But 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 right below that, uh, in the running backs, our most recommended running back throughout the season was Boston Scott. And that was a roller coaster. Half of it had to do with Miles Sanders, Jordan, but then Jordan Howard is Kenneth Gainwell better. I mean, Boston Scott entering the season was like a third stringer at best. And now he is you know, I think he was the number four running back in week 17. So, um, you know, we'll just call ourselves geniuses because, you know, we were bound to get it right, recommending him uh, basically every other week this season. Yeah, absolutely. Once in a while, you're going to get a call, right? So 
if you don't want to call us fantasy experts, hey, we've gotten at least one or two calls, right, of the many, <laughs> many names we've recommended this year. So right, speaking of again. us being speaking of us being geniuses, let's talk about our biggest flops of the year. Who is the guy that you recommended that you were extremely high on that you even got in your own leagues who you look back and say, why the heck did I recommend this guy? Why the heck did I pick this guy up? Oh, man. I mean, there were guys that I held on to way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably, you know, tops on that list for me, uh, especially for the first half of the season, was Rondell Moore. Um, there was yeah. just so much yep. that I wanted him to be this year. And I still think I still think he, he you know, he, he could definitely be a good receiver. Um, I still think he he projects really well. But it was just a season too soon. Uh, the the Cardinals, you know, kind of ran ran out of different offense where they spread it around a little bit more. Um, but e- I think the biggest thing was even with Hopkins um, not playing that well and getting injured and kind of not not being that pure uh, wide receiver one. Um, you know, uh, Rondo Moore was just somebody who I couldn't quite let go of until it was way too late. And I missed out on on some other some other better pickups um, that, that I could have had. So Rondo Moore was, was painful for me this season. Rashad Bateman fits that exact bill mm. for me is someone who we were extremely high on. I feel like I came on this show and said, I'm fully in, I'm putting Rashad Bateman atop my priorities everywhere. And it may even been that week where he just completely flopped and Lamar Jackson just did not have the same rapport of him as Huntley did. He had a great week 17 after we've all kind of just moved on and thought that wasn't fully. <laughs> no thing. No, it was him, Tyler yeah. Huntley. But he was one I held on to a little bit too long. It's like, okay, the upside's there. But I probably could have moved on from him quickly and done something different with him. So he's probably, he fits that same bill of someone who uh, I was most interested in. And you know what? I'm going to call ourselves out there. The Tennessee running back situation was one that we missed <laughs> immensely on. And maybe the whole fantasy industry as a whole missed after Derrick Henry. It was all the hype about Adrian Peterson. It was all the hype about Deontay Foreman at times, which worked out. And then there was the hype for Dontrell Hilliard, and then he had one good after one good week, and then he was kind of, yep. you know, never really talked about after that. And then, so. they, then they went on their bye, and then he didn't really play again. Yep. So t- Tennessee's backfield will be one that I'll, I'll for sure call a flop on. We were recommending Adrian Peterson, we were recommending Jeremy McNichols, and Deontay Foreman wasn't really mentioned until it was a little bit late. I'm sure a lot of you probably were able to get him. But we were a bit <laughs> later on him than probably some other people. So, the, there, there you, was a, Foreman. Yeah, there, there was a week. I think it was like week eight or nine where we, uh, I mean, you and I were both just on full tilt because of all these yep. old players that were coming back with, yep. you know, Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman and Peyton Barber, and Adrian Peterson and Peyton Barber. I I blew all of my fab on Adrian Peterson. <laughs> when he was signed, I was like, "I don't care. I'm going in. They're gonna. He's gonna be the lead back. It's just that kind of season." And then it was like, he fell into the end zone once. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think I repressed that memory. But yeah, it, uh, all day. I mean, Hall of Famer, but, um, but you know, it, it didn't help me out that much this season. Anyway, just looking through our list, we compiled a list of all the guys we recommended. How many times been recommended either this podcast or the wave article? Kenneth Gainwell. We were so excited for you after one or two weeks when he was used so much. And when Miles Sanders got hurt, it seemed like it was going to be Gainwell's thing. And then little guys, like you said, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard became a thing. And Kenneth Gainwell got shoved to the door. It didn't, I didn't hold on to him long because you knew the trend was stopped quickly. But dang, did I miss on that call because I was definitely interested in his workload from the beginning of the season and it completely turned around. So what could have been for you, Kenneth Gainwell? What could have been? Yeah. 
Darn you, Eagles. You, you yeah. fooled us again. Um, I think you know, that what, was the back, backfield that frustrated me the most this year. Yeah. That and Callan, Callan, is there anything, you know, we talk about fab and specifically, you know, towards the uh, beginning of the season, you know, obviously your fab budget mat- matters quite a bit. Um, is there anything that, that you take away from this season about, you know, when to spend, uh, I, now I didn't, I didn't prep you for this beforehand. So this is putting you on the spot, but when to spend, when not to spend who, what positions or, or types of players or situations to spend on what, 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 what are you taking from this season? Um, you know, that, that you hope you remember for next year. It's tough because we talk about not spending early, but Elijah Mitchell became a thing and one people got people in the playoffs just based on that stretch he had when he went quiet. So it, it's, I, I don't really know what I learned this year. I think that Fab continues to be a very unpredictable thing. I, I do want to spend on that. Obviously, the second running back, I do want to try and get that. I used to be more interested in, oh, this guy has the PPR upside, which led me to Jeremy McNichols and some and those sort of guys. When now I might just start leaning more towards, no, this is going to be the lead guy. This is going to get the first and second down work. I don't care about the PPR thing so i think i've started to sway away from that so that's maybe one lesson that i've kind of learned but you know it it's tough and it continues to be unpredictable i i thought i was gonna be someone who wanted to hold on the fab but i think this year i was a bit more aggressive with it and it sometimes worked out sometimes didn't so but i think i'm more more in, more spending it early and just trying a bit more aggressive and yeah going more for the first and that second night work instead of the ppr upside as i like to always say yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's good, and and you know, it, we may find out that Elijah Mitchell is a little bit of an outlier because we were also dealing with, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, completely mm-hmm. fooling all of us, uh, or at least everybody, you know, thinking that Trey Sermon was the guy, and then really, you know, I think a lot of people had to go out there and, uh, you know, take a one week sample size and decide whether or not to invest in it, and that, and and that's the thing that I would say is that I think that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry so much about what week you're in if the opportunity's there. Um, so, you know, rather than, you know, uh, you know, sp- spending, you know, $10 a week on various wide receivers that, you know, you might only have for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I would either say spend it on the right guy and it doesn't matter if it's early or, you know, as we've seen this year, and I think we'll continue to see each season, you know, there will be, you know, that starting running back that goes down and, you know, if, if his, if his backup, you know, like an Alexander Madison or, um, you know, an AJ Dillon or so, something like that is sitting there, uh, on, on the waivers, then you're going to want to have as much budget as possible. So, so for me, I think it's, um, you know, I, I, I want to save for, for a big outlay because, you know, I, yeah. I, I ended up getting later in the season and, you know, $11 left over, uh, in the budget wasn't going to cut it against, you know, the one guy who maybe hasn't been paying attention has $67 left. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would say I, I like saving it for the, for the big spend, mm-hmm. um, or just spending it on, on the big spend. If, if you feel like that's going to be the starting running back, like an Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. And don't be afraid to go for the breakout wide receiver. There's some breakout wide receivers I missed out on. I was able to get Amon Ross St. Brown, late but there are certain receivers i missed out on you know i went on rondell Moore, so and that miss but you know the injuries are the big thing when there's an injury that goes down i think that's when you're you really need to start striking with your fab but for all we know we could come back to next year and forget all these lessons that 
we've heard we've learned but it was a it was a it was a crazy crazy season like you mentioned all the older veterans that we did not think we were gonna be recommending continues to be recommended but it was a lot of fun thank you to the listeners for making us a part of your weekly fantasy football routine we i had a lot of fun it's my first year hosting a show our first shows you're doing this show together and i think it was a instant success so aj thank you for dealing with me for about 18 weeks of your of your life you know this has been a lot of fun absolutely Callan. thanks for thanks for hosting this listeners uh qb listeners thank you all for listening to this again hope hope we got hope we got a bunch of championships in the in the uh listener pool and uh we will see you next season yes good luck in your week 18 championship matchups if you're still in it And like we said, if you have any questions, reach out to us on any medium. We're happy to help. So thank you again for making us part of your routine. And let's finish strong. Let's bring home some QB list titles. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.